You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. Gather the weeds. In about two days and some change, we're going to be ushering in a new year. And for many people, that's a page turner. It's a moment where you self-evaluate. There is, uh, there is inventory that you take. There is plans that you think about. And a lot of us have a desire for change that we put it in overdrive during this time of the year. Because when you begin a new year, we all see collectively as an opportunity for us to begin again. To restart certain things in our lives. To replan and re-engineer this whole thing that we're doing. And when you do that, sometimes many of us get hopeful. We get hopeful for what's about to happen. Many of us get jaded, right? And many of us get frustrated. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it rhymes and I think it's a cool thing. I find hope to be something invigorating. I find the hope of the new year, the hope of a, a, a new a, a, bringing up of ideas and, and, and just the idea of a new year, of turning the page, to be refreshing. I find that to be refreshing. As long as you have something well-defined to hope for. Because if you're hoping for like a hundred things, and if you're hoping for everything at the same time and you stop there, then hope is not really hope. It's more like wishful thinking. If you simply think about a hundred things that you wish would happen... And you do nothing about that. And maybe that's why some of you get jaded in this area, uh, this time of the year. Because you did the same thing last year. And you did the same thing the year before that. And you hoped, and you got your hopes up. And by March, the hopes were like at a medium level. And by the end of the year, you're like, all right, let me, let me try this again. I'm going to hope again. And now you've, done, you've gone through this cycle so many times that you're a bit jaded. You feel like the hope that you've had failed to yield the results that you hoped for. So why hope again? Why desire again? Is it even, uh, a, uh, is it even worth the trouble? Because in your mind you're thinking it's just another year. It's just another day. It's just another month. Should I even think about a resolution list? Should I even think about making decisions right now? I should probably just truck, a little, truck it along and keep on going. When we think of a new year, sometimes frustration can set in. And this is the other side of the coin. Not because you're jaded, because you hoped for something that didn't happen. But because you have hope. It's not that you don't have hope. You have hope, but you're not entirely sure what to hope for. It's like you can hope to go this way or hope to go that way, and you don't know which way to go. There's a hundred possibilities, 17, 12, 2, 3, 4 possibilities. There's no clarity. And so you, you can get frustrated with that. And if this is you, if you're in that place... And you look back at 2018, it's very likely that not too many of your experiences in 2018 were entirely good. And not too many of your, of your experiences in 2018 
were entirely bad. It's very possible if you have a little bit of frustration thinking about a new year that most of your experiences were good and bad. They were awesome and a bit of a downer. I'll give you some examples. You got a new job and that's what you wanted. But the new job came with the annoying boss. And you don't know if you can stay there too long. You, got in, you began a new relationship. It's what you were hoping for. But the new relationship came with confrontation. It came with sacrifice. Perhaps you started a career. But that career came with insane work hours. And now you're feeling a bit of the burden. Maybe you got a new house. And the new house came with an enormous tax bill. So you don't have a well-defined sense of good. People ask you, did you have a good year? And you go like, well, it depends. Because it was just as good as it was bad. And you're trying to decide, is the place where I am right now, is what I have in my hands, is it something to hold or is this something to let go? Is this something that I should embrace or is this something that I should just give up on? Should I press on in faith? Or should I just turn the page and begin again? It's almost like the verdict is still out. And you're genuinely at a loss for words. You have hope. You're just not sure what to hope for. If you get to that place, many times we get stuck in that cycle. Because it's hard to make a decision. It's hard to choose uh, arbitrarily without having clarity and you don't know whether you should move on from it or to move on with it and if you're there right now if you if you're not sure if 2018 was good or bad in your life if you're not sure that the year you just had uh, was good you're probably tempted to think thoughts of defeat tempted to think thoughts about what you didn't accomplish about the things that you didn't do. Tempted to think thoughts where if you think about most of the past year, the thoughts that torment you are the thoughts that you're not progressing enough. That you're not advancing enough. That you didn't take enough steps toward your dream or your goal or, or the things that you were hoping for. The, temp, the, tempted, the tempting thoughts are the thoughts that say that you were not growing. That you were not developing. And today... I want to help you get clarity for the new year by helping you identify the things in your life that should stay in 2018. There are things in your life that should stay right here today in this place that you should not take home with you. You shouldn't take into uh, 2019. You should start the new year without these things. And my heart and my goal for this message is that it's to help you Realize that the mixed feelings that you might have about the year just passed. That the mixed emotions that you might feel about certain things that happened this year are not indicators of loss, are not indicators of defeat, but they're indicators of growth, of development. They're indicators of maturity that you've attained. See, I've been where you are, if you're there. One of the driest seasons in my spirit, in my life, was not a season where money was low or things were going all wrong. 
It was a season when we had great friends. We had good company. We had a good job. We were in a good place. And I had a sense of calling. But I didn't know what it was going to look like. I had this sense of calling in my heart. And I had no idea how it was going to unfold. I had a good job. But I couldn't exercise my calling and vocation at that job. We, I, we were in a good place as a family. But I couldn't see a way forward. We were making decent money. But things were a little bit flat. We were serving at a wonderful church. But I couldn't shake the feeling that my glory days were behind. That my, das, my, best, pace, my best days were behind me. And that I had nothing to hope for but the same old routine. The same old cycle of days. I, couldn't, I, could, I could only see the present and I couldn't see past the present. And even though it wasn't a bad present, when you're a positive person, when you're a person who is always hoping, always looking forward to what's next, it's extremely difficult to lead your life. And to make decisions. Because the big dreams, the big things that you had begin to fade. They begin to fade and give in to the monotony and triviality of life. And that's the place that I was. At the same time, I wanted to say, thank you, God. You've been so good to us. Thank you, God, for our job, for our health. Thank you, God, for our friends. Thank you, God, for our church. And in the same time. At the same time, I wanted to say, God, where are you? Where are you? Not because he wasn't present in my life, but because I wanted movement. I wanted development. So if you're there, I feel your pain. And I thought, I thought that the vision that God had for my life was fading away. I thought that the calling of God in my life was fading away and giving in to monotony and triviality. At least, that's what I saw. What I didn't realize until later is that underneath it all, growth was happening. Development was happening. But along with the growth that God was giving, along with the seeds that God was sowing, there were some other seeds that were growing as well. Along with the seeds of God, some other seeds were growing. Seeds of doubt, Seeds of hopelessness. Seeds that were not sown by God. And it took time for me to understand this principle. That sometimes in our lives, along with the God seeds of hope, along with the God seeds of faith and of love, some other seeds will grow in our hearts. Some other seeds will also spring up. And it is our job to identify what seeds were sown by God and what seeds were sown by the enemy. What seeds are growing in our hearts? They came from God. And what seeds were the weeds that are growing along with the God seeds in our hearts? This is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 and on. He put another parable before them saying, this was Jesus. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, 
Then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How how then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, Gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Now Jesus is talking about good people, bad people, and the end of the age in this passage. But I, all, I believe that this also applies to your life right now. To your life experiences, to the year you just had, to your hopes for a new year. There are things that you've grown in in your life. And some of you have experienced this. Because sometimes as you are searching for God, as you are seeking God, as you're opening your heart to the newness of God. Whether you're a church person or not a church person and you have the hope of God in your heart. And you want to see something new spring up in your life. Something that comes from God. Something that comes from goodness, from His love, from His hope. And you begin to experience that growth. There is a fine line between the good that grows and some of the other stuff that grows along with it. Maybe you've noticed in your life that sometimes, you know, you see the seeds of honor grow in your life. You, you, you're aspiring to become an honoring person. You're aspiring to become a kind of person that honors others. And then along with that honor seed comes up a little bit of pride. Or you, come up, you, you start having a sense of, ooh, I'm a good person. Look at me. Sometimes you, you notice this desire for holiness. Alini just preached a message about holiness a few weeks ago. And, and you have this desire to be set apart. To become holy. To become more like God. And as you walk in that process of purification, of sanctification, you can notice self-righteousness growing along with it. And you begin to notice, oh my goodness. That person is not as holy as I am. That other person, why are they living that life like that? Why are they making those decisions? And they begin to point fingers. Self-righteousness grows along with it. You're seeking faith. And you want the seeds of faith to grow in your life. And along with the seeds of faith, seeds of entitlement begin to grow. And begin to sense like you deserve things. That they are not given to you by the grace of God, but they are given to you because you deserve them. Sense of entitlement. You you, you believe for hope. And you want hope. And you begin to hope for a brighter, brighter future. You begin to hope for the life of God to grow in you. For the dreams of God. For the things that God has for your life to develop and take you to the next level. And along with the hope comes selfish ambition. You think about yourself and what you have to accomplish and the next step that you have to take and it becomes all about yourself. See, on one side, you have the fruit of a life with God. The genuine seeds that God is sowing in your life because you want to become a better person in God. Because you're seeking His knowledge. You're seeking His goodness. You're seeking His life in you. But on the other side, along with it, There's the fruit of the flesh, the works of the flesh that try to grow along what you are seeking. 
Because sometimes the same technique, the same system that you apply to nourish the seeds of God will nourish some of the other things in our hearts that will try to grow along with it. This is what the Apostle Paul says. He put it this way. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. And you might be thinking as the year is just closing. You might be looking back at your ear and thinking, so many of the good things I've experienced, so many of the good things I've had in my life are intertwined with bad things. So many of the things that I want to be proud about are just connected and intertwined with things that are not good. Things I wish weren't part of my life. And it seems that many of the blessings also came with burdens. And the illusion that we might get, the illusion that we might have is that God gave you both. Is that when you were asking God for the good seeds, He gave you both. And that's not true. God did not give you both. God sowed the good seeds, not the weeds. He gave you the good seeds, not the weeds. This is how, what we read in Proverbs. The blessing of the Lord makes rich, and He adds no sorrow with it. God's blessing is not a burden. God's seeds are not a burden in your life. What grew along with it were some of the weeds that were not planted by God. And today, in the field of your heart, you might have both. In the field of your life, you might have both. In the field of your relationships, you might have both. And if you're contemplating a new year, you're wondering what to do, here's an important step that we need to take. We need to look at the new year, look at our lives, and before you can see the harvest, you must gather the weeds. Before you can reap what God has sown in your life and see the fruit of it, the weeds must be gathered. Otherwise, it'll ruin the harvest. So I want to give you today three action points that will help you gather the weeds in your life. Are you tracking with me? Number one, identify the weeds. This is very important for you to be able to identify the weeds in your life because it takes humility. It takes devotion. It takes prayer. And it takes self-awareness. Because sometimes, if there are weeds of anger in your heart, in your life, you can justify it by saying that It's justice, that, that you're not angry, that you're seeking justice, that maybe you've been a victim of a situation, that maybe some wrong has been done to you, and you are seeking justice. You can justify it that way. If there are weeds of jealousy in your heart, you can justify it by saying, no, I'm not jealous. I'm trying to live my best life. I'm trying to become a better me. I'm not jealous. I'm not envy. And there's a difference between the two. Maybe there are weeds of selfishness in your heart where it's all about you. It has to be all about you. And that can be justified by a drive, by purpose. No, I'm not selfish. I'm driven. I'm not selfish. I have a purpose to fulfill. So that's why I say that it needs humility 
we need humility to be able to self-identify, identify the weeds, and gather the weeds. You got to remember that the weeds grow along with the good fruit. And it might be true that you have a sense of purpose. It might be true that you have a drive. It might be true that you, that you want to live your best life. That's not wrong. It might be true that you're trying to become a better you and that you want to see justice. But if along with those things, there are some weeds, you got to be honest about it. And the truth is that feeding on the good fruit of the good seed that God sowed will give you life. But if you feed on that weed, weed, on the weeds, let me put it, put it in the plural because it's way better. I'm not talking about that kind of weed. I was afraid I was going to say that. <laughs> if you feed on the weeds, it'll make you sick. You won't be, you won't be able to progress. Now you guys are catching the joke. <laughs> you need a connection with God and with his truth. You need to have a connection with God for you to be able to identify. We got to pray like the psalmist. Psalms chapter 39 verses 23 and 24 says this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. There's got to be humility for you to realize, God, I know you sowed the good seeds in my heart. I know you did not sow the weeds. And if there are weeds in my heart, Father, help me identify. Help me find it and help me get rid of it. The second thing that you need to do for you to be able to gather the weeds is check your heart. You got to check your heart. There's a story in the chapter 8, I believe, chapter 8 of Acts, with a man called Simon the Magician. And he was a famous man in uh, uh, Samaria. He was a famous magici magician in Samaria. And everybody uh, came to know him because he had been doing his magic for a long time. In fact, people, Scripture says that people from the least to the greatest used to say that this man is the power of God that is called great. And they listened to him. They paid attention to him because he amazed them. He had a reputation. And for a long time, he had been doing that. So Philip, one of Jesus' disciples, came to Samaria and began to preach. As Philip began to preach in Samaria, people began to believe and turn to God. In masses, in, in a, a commotion occurred. Word got to Jerusalem that what God was doing in uh, Samaria through Philip. And Peter and John were sent to Samaria to help Philip because of, of, of all the response that he was getting from preaching the gospel. Even Simon the magician believed. And he, and he came uh, and, and was baptized in water into the church. When Peter and John got there, they noticed that people were getting baptized in water, but they hadn't yet received the Holy Spirit. So Peter and John began to lay hands and pray for people. And people began to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is what happened next. Acts chapter 8 verses 18 through 21. Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money saying, Give me this power also so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, may your silver perish with you because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have neither part 
nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Now, here's something I find interesting. Simon believed, but his heart still wasn't right. And maybe you're here today, and with you, uh, you, you still believe, but there's something that's quite not aligned. And this is important for us to know that everything that is going to go right in our lives begins with the heart. We always need to check our hearts. You can have the most amazing plan. You can have great access. You can have great resources. You can have the opportunities that you've been praying and you've been, hoped for, been hoping for. But if you don't have a good heart, if your heart is not right, you will not be able to walk in your purpose. You're not going to be able to walk in your calling. And maybe that's you here. You believe. You are convinced. You believe there's a God. You might not be a church person or a religious person, but you believe there's a God. You're convinced. And if you're honest, it's almost as though your heart betrays your faith a little bit. Because like Simon... You were doing what you were doing for a long time. And now you're trying to renew your life. Now you're trying to have a new, person, a new purpose. You're trying to become a new person. And you're trying to decide for a new life. To make decisions that will lead you to a new life. I got to remind you this morning that you need a little bit more than new goals. You need a little bit more than new, uh, a new resolution list. You need a renewed heart you got to go a little bit deeper than goals and resolution. The good news is this. God not only can, but he wants to do that for you. He wants to renew your heart. It is his promise found in Ezekiel 36, 26. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. God wants us to be able to take care of our hearts. And it starts with the heart. So you got to identify the weeds and you got to check your heart. Number three, practice stopping. This is important. If you're going to gather the weeds, you got to practice stopping. Sometimes it's hard for us to even understand practicing stopping because we live in such a go, 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 go culture. A culture that always needs to go, go, move, grow. Go, go, move, and grow. That's how you grow, by moving, by going. But there are areas in your life that they will not go or grow to the next level or to the next stature unless you stop in other areas of your life. You got to be able to stop so that you can grow. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 20 and 21 says this. Now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some, of honor, some for honorable use, some from this, for this honorable use. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use. Set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. Some of you spent 2018 trying to develop your honorable vessels, so to speak. Trying to develop your talents, your calling, your, your gifts. 
But a better way, a better strategy for you would be to cleanse yourself from the dishonorable, uh, dishonorable vessels in your life. You need to realize this. You already have what it takes. You already have the talent. You already have the calling. You are already equipped. You are already gifted. You already have what it takes to progress. What holds you back, if that's you, what holds you back is not that you're lacking in any of those areas. What holds you back is that you're giving too much of yourself to the areas of your life that are producing nothing but weeds. You're giving too much of your time to the areas of your life that are yielding nothing but weeds. And if that's you, and maybe this is it's truth that, that you sense God speaking to you right now, and maybe it's hitting you like a ton of bricks, so let me help you by giving you another brick and tell you this. You will not see the harvest unless you let go of those vessels. Unless you take steps to stop it. Unless you press stop. And if God is speaking you with you right now, you know, you need to know this. This is the, this is the last brick, I promise, okay? It's no longer up to God. It's up to you. You can come to church. You can pray and say, God, please help me. It's not going to magically happen. It's not going to fall on your lap. God has already done his part. He's already blessed you. He's already given you opportunities. It's not another opportunity that will get you to the place that you need to go. You need to let go of those vessels. You need to gather the weeds and press stop. Now, I know you know this. I know that maybe for some of you, this is just confirmation. Because a year ago, you started 2018 wanting something that you no longer desire. You wanted something in 2018 that you no longer desire for 2019 because you know it's not God's best for your life. You realized that that is not God's best for you. And there are things in your life right now that you know you need to change. Just like you no longer desire things that you desired last year, there are things that need to shift and need to change so that in 2019 you can have a better life. My encouragement to you is simple. If that's you, just press stop. Just stop it. Identify the weeds, check your heart, and stop. If you tend to gossip, stop it. If you tend to get angry, stop it. If you tend to lie, just stop it. If you tend to cut corners and not do your best, just stop it. If you tend to procrastinate, just stop it. Okay, that was the last break, I promise. <laughs> you got to gather the weeds and throw them out. This is good for you. This is life for you. You know that. Jesus said this, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And this is my encouragement to you. Connect to that good treasure. Live according to the, the, the vessels in your life that are for honorable use. Believe the best in people. Live selflessly. Let go of, of bitterness and hurt. Give your heart to God. And remember that God sowed the good seeds, not the weeds. And you can gather the weeds and throw them out. If you do that, 
if you offer your heart to God, if you identify the weeds and put them out of your life, if you allow God to renew your heart, and if you commit to pressing stop in areas that you know you need to press stop, I believe that you will enter the new year not jaded, not frustrated, but full of hope and free to enjoy a 2019 full of the blessings of God without any of the sorrow. Do you believe it this morning? Do you receive it? Amen.